Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's take a declaration of understanding and then we'll take our seats. We trust that God has heard our prayers today. If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. So this is the confidence we have towards him. When we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. All right. Now let's take our declaration of understanding. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. Well, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Now, we are looking at prayer basics. Uh, my desire is that by the time we are done with this whole series of teachings, we will have helped Christians understand the fundamental principles of prayer. We have looked at a number of things. Among the things we have seen so far, of course, fundamentally, Jesus said men ought always to pray. And we said that prayer is a sign of what? Faith. If you are not praying, then you think there's another way you can get things done apart from the power of God. I hope you're getting my point. If you are not actively, consistently praying, then you are saying that you can handle your life without God's power actively participating. Sometimes, you know, what life tries to do is to draw us away from the source of our strength. And everything that God blesses us with in life has a danger. What I mean is this. If God blesses you with prosperity, the danger of prosperity is faithlessness. You are going to begin to think you don't need faith. You don't need prayer to get things done. I hope you're getting my point. Actually, adversity has a great advantage in which it drives you to God. And that's your safest place in life. So that's the, that's the fact about some of the, many of the blessings of God. It gives you um, 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 a prosperity. And prosperity starts telling you, you don't need God for everything. So you want to handle things with connections. You want to handle things with money instead of handling them with prayer. And that's one risk about life. So you must always call yourself back to order. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he told the parable to the intent that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. That is, sometimes... The answers may be delayed, but continue praying, it's a sign of faith. The constant praying in life, making it a habit, is a sign that you are actually trusting God. Now, we have seen that what is prayer, that there are many spiritual activities in life. Some of these spiritual activities, they are all good, but they may not be the fulfillment of the word of God if you practice them and we don't know exactly what prayer is. For example, meditating on the word of God is very crucial, you know that. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. But it's not prayer. Meditation of the word of God is not the same thing as praying. I hope you're getting my point. Okay? Studying scripture is not the same thing as praying. Prophetic declaration is not the same thing as praying. You can study scripture, but that's not the same thing as praying. This man who's studying, the woman who's studying the Bible is not praying, but he's doing a crucial thing. You must read the word of God regularly. In fact, it is said, it's not in the Bible, but it's, it's correct. Read your Bible, pray every day. Do you remember this song? 
Yeah, you say, let's sing it once. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. Amen. You see, so reading our Bible is very important. Give attention to reading. Paul wrote to Timothy. He was talking about public reading of scripture. So we must read our Bible. But reading your Bible is not praying. It's a totally different spiritual exercise. Do you get my point? Alright? We said, when you read your Bible, you are trained to pray. You are trained in what you should say in prayer. You are trained to know what you are supposed to ask God for. It is not everything you can ask God for in prayer. I hope you're getting my point. You shouldn't go to God in prayer and say, please let the sun now rise from the west and then set in the east. Say, Lord, I don't want it to be seed time and harvest anymore. Now, these are just extremes. Okay? For example, Jesus told us what to pray. If you have any means, what should you do? Pray for them. Do good to them. Don't ask God to kill them by fire. I should just take a small digression here again and emphasize that. You can ask God for some things and he will do them. It does not mean he likes to do them. The reason is because God is a judge. And there's something about being a judge. He has to answer every petition. He must attend to every petition. So if you petition that somebody should die because he offended you, he will die. If that is a proper punishment for that offense and the fellow has no intercessor. And again, that is all, you know, people go to Babalao, you know they call Babalao? DBS, you know them. <laughs> and they say they can do, they can kill people. That's all they can do. A Babalao cannot kill somebody without having offense to use to petition. Do you follow me? Again, by the way, so when they tell you that they hang, the, 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 the uh, people's underwears are disappearing from the line. You hear that, those things those days? And then people are now afraid. Don't be afraid. It's only sinners that should be afraid. Anything I hang out that you collect is your problem. You're a thief. I'm not going to lose, <laughs> I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'll go and buy another one. Because one Oyo, she came to collect my underwear. I hope you're getting my point. He said, if you can't, look, if you can't, you and your papa, you just drown for nothing. <laughs> so, you have to be careful. They don't use clothing to afflict people. They can't scrape your hair. They say inside the boss, some people want Human beings have all kinds of crazy ideas. They go to the barber, they sweep their own hair when they are going. Some of you are laughing. You've not, you've not been to where people believe in these occultic things a lot. When they want to cut their hair, they have special contraction for receiving the ones that are falling down. When they finish, they collect it. Why? Because, you know when you watch too many movies, you believe too much nonsense. I remember one of those old movies we saw those days. Mama G went into a vehicle and sat down. She and her apprentice witch. She's a mama witch. Then she has some daughters of the witch that she's trading. They needed a child to use for sacrifice. So they entered into a public transport, maybe like Molue or something, BRT in Lagos. And you know, they have a saying in, in Western Nigeria that you can't have an elder in the market and a child's head will be out of alignment. You know, which women back the children. And, the, and these children, they have to just, just toss their head to one corner. We know that the typical thing that the older women will stop the mother, rearrange the child, 
help you raise up that cloth and tie it properly. Then they say, okay, you now say, thank you, ma. All right? So, these are people who spoil good things. In that movie we saw, the woman entered into a bus like that and located a woman who had a child on the back and offered to help realign the head of the child. Being a senior witch, as she touched the child's head, she had tapped something. Let's make a long story short. They had collected the, the soul of the child. And then when they got home at night, the child became sick. Then when the other woman got home at night, the child convulsed and died. Meanwhile, the intestine and the liver and the kidney of that child was in their pot in the coven. Now, when you watch such things, next time nobody wants to touch your child, the way you snatch the child there. Make you want yourself. Now, let me just say something to you. Don't believe that nonsense. What did I say? Say it the way I said it. Don't believe that nonsense. People say, ah, there are witches. What thing concern you? I always know you're coming up this today. You, are stepping, you step on at least a million bacteria. You've inhaled at least, okay, let me just be conservative. You, you could not have inhaled anything less than 100,000 bacteria today. Are you dead yet? Are you going to die tomorrow? Are you even going to get an infection the next one week? No. Why? Because your immune system is in order. As you're inhaling the bacteria, you are swallowing them and you are digesting them. Anyone that wants to prove stubborn, you will turn his body to food. And those are the only interesting thing you'll be going. One inside will just fly into your mouth. Has it happened to you before? One were young, that time I'll be, I will cough, try and do everything because some of them are so terrible. They've gone to the back. How do you locate the back of the mouth? You don't know. So one day, I, one flew into my mouth. I was coming to one brother. Look at what happened. He said, swallow it now. <laughs> <laughs> His one is like, what is the problem? He said, enter your mouth. Like, Come on, swallow it now. I'm not wasting my time. Since that day till now, if you enter, I'm swallowing your friend. <laughs> this is, doesn't happen so much. You know, you go into a car. You, you know, those days, no one on campus. You just, you just be going, you just be talking. Boom! Ah! The brother said, say, we'll just swallow it and continue. The, the way he said, he dismissed. What are, like, what are you worried about? He said, enter your throat. It's called free protein. Look, Christ Jesus it makes life enjoyable. So if I'm going on the road, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a mother, I don't back children, but somebody decided to help me arrange the head of my child if I was a mother, I'll just tell her thank you. Which is what people do normally until they watch such movies. And then, of course, children get fevers once in a while. If it's the day, of course, your child might get a fever two days, any time within 48 hours, in fact, within one year. <laughs> or somebody arranging the child, the, the neck of your child in public, you start thinking, where is that woman? It's nonsense. What did I call it? Yes. Why am I emphasizing all of these things? Nobody can just touch you in public and afflict you. You have to sin first. And they have to have, it's in law. A number of things are based on spiritual principles. Law is like that. They have to have a local standing. I can't sin against you. You will now go and petition before God. You know what they will call you in the courts of heaven? A medusum interloper. You have to demonstrate what's your business in it. I hope you're getting my point. So I have to sin against somebody. For the Babalawa or Dibia to have something to use. That's all they do. They petition 
the judge of heaven against you. The approach and the power of blood also. But we don't want to talk about that in details. What happens, why we are not afraid, which is why I talk the way I do, is I am literally covered by the blood of Jesus. I hope you are getting my point. What did I say? Say about yourself, oh. I'm co- say it, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Say, say it again. Say like you believe it. And you know, the blood of Jesus is not, is not quiet. I hope you know that. It's not silent. It speaks. It speaks. So when they are speaking accusations against me, the blood is speaking forgiveness. For the sake of the blood of Christ, I am forgiven. So if you carry my name to go and petition against me before a shrine or coven, whatever it is, it will have no effect. That's what it means to be a believer. I have been set free. I hope you are getting my point. It doesn't mean I never have troubles in life, but I never ascribe it to any foolish group of human beings. I go to my God and pray. That's what I do. I invoke his mercy. I invoke his promises. I ask for forgiveness if I have to. And I hold on in faith. Let's bear that in mind. That's how these things work. Now, I went into that small digression, trying to remind us that it's not everything you ask, you should ask God for. So when we study scriptures, we know what we are supposed to ask for. And when we come in, we come in the power of the blood of Jesus. Not in the power of the good works which we did. We come only in the power of the name of Jesus, the mercy of God whose name is Jesus Christ. And then when we come in, now that's what we ended last time. What do we come to do? What do we come to do? Let's read the scriptures again because I want to emphasize or amplify what we discussed last time. Let's go to the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ on how we are supposed to pray. We read one from Matthew chapter 6. Let's take it from verse, um, um, should we start? All right, okay. Let's just take from verse 7. And when you are praying, he said, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. He says, so do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. Our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is, as it is written, recorded in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That is, we understand that life, we must show mercy in it. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is, deliver us from doing evil. Now, my Bible supplies that extra for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm going to stop reading here. But at the same time, quickly, let me read um, again. Let's quickly go to the book of Acts. I want us to read something that um, that's a prayer that the church prayed after they, they were threatened. From Acts chapter 4, Peter and Co. had been threatened not to preach in the name of Jesus again. So as a result of that, when they left the place before the elders of um, Jerusalem, the Bible says, when they had been released, verse 23, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God in one accord 
and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Now, please let me go over that again. Notice when they began to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, this is how they said their own. They learned from Jesus Christ, don't forget. They lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, Why did the Gentiles rage, and the peoples devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I'm going to stop reading verse 30 because I just want to read their prayer. Now, so last time we saw that we have been made priests. We saw that from Revelation chapter 1, even though we didn't read it, but we know it is there. That we have been made priests, a kingdom of priests unto our God. That's what we are. And what do priests do? Who can tell me? What do they do? Shout it loud. They offer sacrifices. Thank you. So the assignment we have, therefore, is to offer sacrifices. Now I want to remind us of what I said again, because we are getting the fundamentals of prayer right. Prayer is not for us to execute our own will. But let me just really use this as an, as an illustration. If you read this Acts chapter 4 here, what was read, as we're reading it, I was just going through it. I found out, now just observe it, you will see that they did not ask anything for their own benefit. Did this strike you? As I was going through it, thing was hitting me. What, what, what should a normal human being do? They ask you that kind of, they give you that kind of threat. What will you say? Lord, do please deliver us from persecution. You know why they couldn't ask? Jesus had told them, in this world, you have tribulation. If they hated your master, get ready, they will hate you too. So they couldn't go near that one. I hope you're getting my point. They were just, look, they were ready for it. What did they ask? They said, Lord, you see, they are, they, will threaten, they are threatening us. All right, fine. They did not say, Lord, don't let them carry out their threats. You are the God that can save and deliver. They didn't say that. Or cut their hand. We curse them. Let them die. Everyone that begins to raise his hand begins to die. They are telling everybody, shout, die by fire, 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 die by fire. Some are sold and scatter, some are sold and scatter, some are sold and scatter. In the name of Jagam, go ring the bell. They did not do that. You know what they did? They said, look, go through it. You see, line by line. They said, grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence. That's what they asked about. You know, Jesus has said, this sign shall follow those that believe, right? I told you, the word of God is supposed to give you a prayer point. Anything you read in scriptures, you ask God to confirm it in your life. So they said, Lord, I want to paraphrase now. Just like you promised. Do signs and wonders. These signs shall follow those who believe. 
In my name, they will cast out demons. They just summarizes. They said, Lord, now, everything you say you will do, do it now as they are threatening. Give glory to your name. Look at it. Let, which verse should I read there now? He said, now, take note of their threats. Verse 29. And grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence. 30. While you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know one reason why we don't see as many answers as we should see? We are too focused on ourselves, not focused on God. I thought the series then, I think it's titled God-Centered Pray. Look for the series and listen to the messages. One major problem we have is that we, our prayers are centered on our thoughts, on our desires, on our own reasoning. If you see the people that God taught, that the Lord Jesus taught himself, see the way they prayed, because prayer is about the will of God, not about you. Do you know why you pray about healing? Because it's the will of God. Because it is the will of God. What you are saying is, let my life be a demonstration of your will. You know what I found out? If we focus on God's mind, and use prayer appropriately, we'll see more results in life than we can ever wish for. It's a mistake we make in which we think it's only the things we ask God for that he does, that is, in practical terms. People say, what kind of car do you want God to give you? Ask him for a specific one. You know what I found out? All my life, it has never worked out like that. Most times, he gives me what I did not ask for, which is better than what I thought about earlier. I hope you're getting my point. I don't want to start giving testimonies now, but what I'm telling you is a matter of fact. The idea that you will focus on something and that's the thing God will do for you is not scripture. It's inferior to scripture. It's inferior to scripture. Many of the things that God wants to do for you, you don't even know about it. I hope you're getting my point. So, you see, let's not be afraid. That's where I'm going. To subject to his will. Let's not be afraid to tell him to choose our inheritance for us. Let's not be afraid. One day a man says, <laughs> this happened to one man. I don't know him personally. I heard the story from a, a set of messages by somebody, another preacher. He ran away from God for years. For years. Like, go to church, he will not go. You know where he would rather go? Go to the bar. Everybody's going to church, he's going to the bar. Why is he going to the bar? Because God does not come to the bar. So he gets drunk with wine. Wherein is in excess. Because if he goes to church, he will be filled with the Spirit. Now, he said, why? And once he's filled with the Spirit, he starts having this call to go as a missionary. And he said, I'm not going to be anybody's missionary. So to run away from that call, he ran away from anything God. He didn't go to church. He used to drink, just used to do everything apart, like God will get angry and leave me alone. <laughs> you know God? <laughs> you don't know who you are dealing with. The Lord did not get angry and leave him alone. The Holy Spirit pursued him everywhere he went. Then one day he finally gave up. He now came to church. This is just a summary of it. He gave his life to Christ and said, Lord, anywhere you want me to go, I will go. In fact, right now I'm ready to go as a missionary. And the Lord said to him clearly, I'm not sending you as a missionary. He said, what? I've been dodging all these years. He said, I just wanted you to be willing to go. That's what the Lord said to him. I just want you to be willing to go. That's what I wanted. 
And this is, you can't make deals with God. I've been telling people. You cannot make deals with the Lord. People say, I have told the Lord. See, please, I'm begging. You know, you know why I keep on remind, saying this again and again? I found that human beings, if you like, say something ten times. Before you came, they heard it twenty times. When I see the way some people behave who claim they listen to me, you wonder like, no, you don't listen to me. You play with me. You don't listen to me. Let me say to you again, you cannot make a deal with God. There's no base for dealing. There's only one thing you can do with the Lord, which is what? Good. I like the word. Some people say submit. That is correct. Obey. That is correct. We are saying the same thing. Some say yield. Yes. That's all you can do. You can yield. You can submit. You can obey. That's all. You can't make a deal. A deal means there is, um, you know, your conditions are my conditions. Your terms are my terms. God's got, you got no terms to give him. He makes all the terms. All you will say is amen. Someone say, can't I tell God I won't do this again? If it's a bad thing, you stop it anyway. I hope you're getting my point. You can't tell God I will do this for you, then you do this for me. It is not allowed. Please, I keep on saying because some people just want to continue because they've done all the, I said it has worked before. It didn't work. God was feeling sorry for you. He overlooked your ignorance. It did not work. You don't make deals with him. You just yield to him. Let me tell you something about God again. He thinks, please believe me, many of us think that the only thing God does is don't do bad. They will come and say, don't do bad though. Say, yes, Lord. Don't walk in unrighteousness. Don't walk in unholiness. I say, plan I have for you. You are going to be a preacher. God does not know physics, does not know mathematics. He doesn't know computer science. He can't program computers. He doesn't even know fashion design. It's only the world that sews trousers and makes shoes. You know, now, it sounds funny, but that's how we think unconsciously. Now, today, let me tell you about God. Let me tell you about him again. He plants businesses. I hope you get my point. He sews shirts. He will look at them and say, this shirt you are wearing does not fit you. He will get to a better one and say, wear this one. Do you know one day God, <laughs> this will make you laugh. God made me buy shoes. He said, what do I mean? I was walking somewhere. I had to leave that day. I got paid that day. I got home around 2 o'clock or so, 3 in the afternoon. I was living in Ilukweju in Lagos. Ilukweju, the island is very far. All right? And I sat down. I had cash with me. And I remember that I needed shoes. So I said, I'll go tomorrow. Something may say, go now. I said, no, I'll go tomorrow. But the urge wouldn't leave me. So I said, let me go. No, God just arranged. You wouldn't believe me. I went straight to Western Avenue. For those of you who know, that's around stadium. Okay? I just asked. I went to my auntie's office. The driver just was hanging around doing nothing. I said, well, let's quickly reach Ireland now. He jumped into one small Corolla. I said, let's go. From the time we left Western Avenue, went to Lagos Island, and came back. It was one hour. I remember it well. Now, if you know what I'm describing... That's very remarkable. We left us around stadium, Western Avenue. We left Western Avenue, went to Lagos Island. I'm talking about Dumota. He packed. I went to the area where they sold shoes. Bought two pairs of very nice, beautiful Italian shoes. With all the money I just got paid. <laughs> Most of it. Because I felt I needed shoes. And then I went back. And we, we, we got back to Western. Everything I remember very well. It took an hour. It was dramatic. In the evening, my sister showed up. She was visiting. And I knew. I said, no wonder God said, go. 
Because the way I behave, I will have shed all the money. I'll say, look, when I try, okay, you take this, give this person this one. By the time she's leaving, I'll have just a small fraction remaining. But that day, I spent most of the money. So when she was leaving, I had, the one that was remaining was what I gave her. When she was leaving the next day, or two days after, something like that. It, it dawned on me that I, I said, Baba, go. So, you even care about the shoes I wear? You think the only thing God says is, uh, don't go to nightclub? He also plans day party. God will surprise you the birthday party, you'll be surprised. Yes. You say, I don't have money. At the end of your, at the end of your birthday, you'll have had this serious bash. Your friends will have danced. You'll have sweated. You'll have eaten. You just collapse under the joy of the Lord. And you look at it, they didn't spend money. You think it's only, don't, don't go to nightclub, God does. He has his own day club. Yes, he had got, no. He believes in celebration. He believes we should, you know, it's called triumphing. Clap, shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all ye people. So don't, like, need somebody to, what I'm saying so is that, when you're able to yield, they think I'm yielding to missionary work. Yield, I'm yielding to poverty. Yield, I'm yielding to a dry life. Can you believe my wife thought that by marrying me, she actually signed off that, okay, God, I want my life to be dry. I will just dry it for the love of you. I'm not kidding. You can ask her at the end of the service. That is it true or is just preaching? Because she thought that, ha, this guy is dry like what now? She thought that this guy is very dry. The first day she saw a friend of mine, my friend just showed up. I think we were in his house or something. So he came, and all I said, it, it, maybe it's, it, it, I won't tell you the name he calls me, so you won't be secondly call me that at the back, and I have to give you a knock on the head. I mean, it's not necessary. Let's <laughs> just say he said, Banky. He said, Yo, Banky. I said, Yo, man, what's up? My wife almost fell down. <laughs> she went and told her friend, who was her chief bridesmaid when we got married. That's afterwards. He said, Yo. <laughs> she was shocked that he said you. That's the guy, you know, that's how my friend I used to talk. I just said you man was up. Don't that kind of you know the typical you know young guys now. Just I remember one day when he, just shortly after we got married, we were in Lagos. This was not high. Some other people from our fellowship, campus fellowship, came. You know, they didn't know me very well. Now they're not getting close to me, but I just got married at that time. So I was listening to uh, my Karemu in the car. Many people know my, my Karemu. Eh? Yeah, please, in, in the instrument, all right? So, it was there's this particular track. It's an old Yoruba, you know, uh, church song. So he was singing, that line was there, but he plays the sax. So it was given, the, they got to a point. Somebody began to rap. And it's a song, it's my CD. I know the song very well. So I just unconsciously, I just started rapping along. Anointing mansion, lowering me, because I'm done with the Trinity, you see. Look at the Bibli. No, I, I was just, I just, that's the first line. All of a sudden, what? What? Pastor Monkey? Pastor Monkey? Like, what is wrong with you people? Pastor Monkey doesn't rap. I mean, and I knew the rap well. I, I, I didn't miss a beat. What, no? It's something, I, I played it like maybe like 1,000 times. But that's how they were shocked. Like, this man of God can rap. 
And I'm looking at them, what is wrong with all of you? Men of God don't rap. Uh, when we were in university, we had rap albums. Bible Break. That was produced by somebody from Rima Bible Training Center. Praise the Lord for goodness sake. We are going to take the Bible break. We crammed that in on campus and we used to wrap it in camp. But you know, by the time we left, maybe the people became so, became so conservative. And then they call me, oh, let's welcome our brother. Thank you. I go, Matthew chapter 5. You know? <laughs> so they thought all I did was Matthew chapter 5. They didn't know I used to play. It's not only them, but me too. When I was on campus, some of our senior brothers used to teach Bible. First time I stayed with them during a holiday. That's on campus. They were, they were students too. One of them, he told his friend, no, we're going out. So he, he picked stones. So like, okay, why are you picking the stones? So I have to kill two lizards. I said, what? <laughs> then when campus is fairly empty, only us will be around. And they so these guys, they were my seniors in school. The guy just said, boy, makes it a redneck. You see these adults pursuing lizards. Stony lizard. I'll be like, what? Because I met these guys for the first time in, 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 in fellowship, leading Bible study, sharing scripture. I did not know they could play. So it's not only my wife. I, I went through that also. When she got to know me, we didn't know, I mean, we had, we, the first time we met, the chase began. You understand know what I'm saying? So there was no discovery period. The one that I saw her, I went and called my friend. I said, just come and see something. Come and see something. He said, what? So we started looking. She was here just now. She had disappeared. Ah. So I said, evening, don't worry. This was afternoon session, evening session. We entered the hall. Begin. <laughs> Young boys here. You think they are thinking of the Holy Spirit? Forget that. <laughs> you know, we're just walking around. He didn't know her, so he couldn't help me. I just walked to the front of the hall. Then I walked back as if, uh, you know, the Lord is speaking to us, you know. This thing, the, the thing the Lord is doing in this country right now. Nothing I was, then suddenly I saw her somewhere. I still remember the kind of blouse she wore that day, one long skirt. So I tapped my friend. I did like this. So I just gave signal. So I kept on walking. So he looked and, and he did like this. So. Now, so it takes that. Where, where I'm going with the whole story is that we, there was no, from day one, all she knew that, okay, that first day we spoke, I just finished preaching. Did you get my point? I just finished preaching. The first day we spoke, I just finished preaching, and I was talking to people, and she came to ask me a question. So, where I'm going with the whole, whole talk is that she just saw a preacher. The preacher is chasing me to come and marry him. So, like, which kind of wala is this one? I will not be pastor's wife, you know, that preacher's wife. Most importantly, he's not funny. Look at him. Every time, school scripture, school scripture. Can't even play. Do you know, she, with all of that, she agreed to marry me. Of course, along the line, she began to discover, man, this guy is a dude. <laughs> she, uh, that's what, look, see, <laughs> yielding to God doesn't mean you to be a missionary. No. Forget all this, all this the pastors are doing. They are normal human beings. She discovered this guy is very normal. Full of life. I'm not perfect, but at least. And I said, God, huh? obeying you is not as bad as we thought. I hope you're getting my point. People think that God is a spoiled spot. If you yield to him, your life won't be interesting again. 
you know what? God knows the thing, the exact thing that you need. When you're asking him for money, he knows money is not what you need. It's not even what you're asking for. There is something that money is supposed to do for you. He knows it. You don't know it too. There are people that are asking for money. Why? They don't want to buy something now. They just want to be able to rest and know that there's no problem. And God says, see, if I show you my face, you will triple rest, knowing that there can't be a problem as long as you are with me. So you are running, chasing, looking for money. He said, I know this, my girl. It's no money she's looking for. If you insist, give me the money she will give you, then you now discover more problems. What am I saying? When we're talking about yields to God, we're not saying yield to a dry life. We're saying God has a far better life for you than you can ever imagine. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. We're saying he has a far better life for you than you can ever imagine. People think that when they give their life to Christ, the good part of their life has gone. Now it's the church part that's remaining. They just want to struggle to enter heaven. So everything they leave behind is a sacrifice they made for God so that they can enter heaven. Let me tell you the truth about it. It's like you're trying to go somewhere in a hurry and you're walking inside mud, inside a gutter. And God is bringing you out. And you are saying you are leaving the gutter behind as a sacrifice for him. What kind of sacrifice? No. Let me give an example. You hear the way we talk here, alright? Because we are believers. It's not a joke when I tell you that. If somebody comes and says that he's a babala, he's a witch, he does me like this. That I won't pray about it. That's not supposed to be a joke. I'm not joking about it. If I pray about it, it's because I'm praying away my fear. But if there's no fear in my heart, I won't pray about it. It doesn't even cross my, my mind you can't do anything. Now, why would I want to exchange that kind of life for one in which I'm always looking over my shoulders to find who's pursuing me? I hope you're getting my point. I live a life in Christ where the fear of death has been destroyed. Do you get my point? Nobody is making... You're not doing the Lord a favor. Making a sacrifice for him. By leaving the things of the world and following him. Come on. Come on. You're not. I mean, he's saving your life. He's blessing you. People just think that, you see, if you follow Christ now, you can never be rich. You know what he's saying? The kind of riches you can find outside Christ will never help you in life. It will never help you. Riches, you can't sleep. Riches that bring more worry than before you had it. God is saying, listen, there's no riches, there's no wealth you want to find outside Christ that can help you. There's none. They're the richest man in the world. He was at that time, I think he's back to being the, the richest man now. At least the way the world counts it. Doesn't mean you're already rich, but at least the way the world counts it. Is it the son that came out and said, I'm no longer a, a boy, I'm a girl? Or is it the daughter that came and said, I'm no longer a girl, I'm a boy? Who, who followed it that time? Elon Musk. The child came and said, I'm transgender. If it was a girl, said, I'm no longer a girl, I'm not a boy. And she was um, in her 20s or so, or late teens. And next thing she said, I don't want to have anything to do with my father's wealth. If my child, I know my children does that to me, I will hate money. I derive more joy 
from seeing God bless them, they are growing in righteousness than any amount of money you could ever give them. J.P. Getty was the richest man in his days. His son said money was a curse to our family. Many people win lottery. They're talking about tens of millions of dollars. And they commit suicide after some years. There's nothing money can give you outside God that's going to be a blessing to you. You can't amass enough wealth on this earth to be happy and comfortable and secure. It's not possible. I want to emphasize something. So sometimes when you tell people, give your life to Christ, as if this is my beautiful life, I will not give it to Jesus. What does he have to give me? I know Jesus is looking like, this is your wretched life. You should be happy I'm collecting it. This is your wretched, wretched life. Because of understanding, you know, you watch what goes on in the world. Now, when I'm reading my news, I, most of the time I read my news online. Almost every newspaper I read, I read online. The first section is top, uh, latest news. Next, entertainment, sports, then other articles and all of that. I always scroll past the entertainment place. I always scroll. There is nothing to read there. The headlines that catch my eyes, all right, that they put there, just show me the vanity in what people are pursuing. You see, a girl tells you that, uh, it's a headline. I like what my boss does to men. I'm like, you are mad. You are writing for me. It shows you don't have a sense of value. There's nothing in you, apart from this, your body, which is going to decay, whether you like it or you don't like it. Saw one picture the other day. I told my wife, so you, somebody wear this kind of thing go out. <laughs> he, he shows you. You see, there's a way you will dress. I know you are sad. You're not happy. Just know you're unhappy. The woman wear net. The skirt starts from here. Apostle, if you get to my point, the whole cloth in a net. And you, and you went for shoe. If men find you attractive, hmm, they have a problem. For me, I, I want to give you a, a note. Call this person. It's a psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah, really. I just think something is wrong with you. What a Nigerian PG man will say, notice me. Just begging to be noticed. Sign of emptiness of soul. So we give your life to Christ. You should be happy Jesus is collecting your life. He's supposed to wear gloves to collect them. I'm, I'm just supposed to call, call say, say this dirty. Michael, find me a glove there. Let me not, let me not pollute my holiness. Give me the, carry her like this. Double the dose of blood. <laughs> Toss you inside. Before bringing you out. That's what you should be thinking of. Not thinking that you are, you are feeling too cool to come and serve the Lord. Nonsense. Please, I'm emphasizing. The one who says yield to the Lord eh? is a blessing. And think about it. This life, eh? oh God, I don't know about you. Anyway, I think it's age. You know, that's why I can appreciate some things in life. When I was young, I didn't think of uh, life after now. Now I looked at the, if, the days I just sit down on, on my own. I just look at this life. I just, in my mind, so please don't be angry about to say, okay? So this useless life. <laughs> yeah, I, meanwhile, I, I consider myself a happy person. I consider myself a satisfied person. I'm not bragging, but I think I'm a very satisfied human being. I've always been like that. God did that for me. Not naturally, with the word of God, long ago. 
You can give me money, plenty, and I'll be wondering, what am I supposed to do with it? And I'll, I'm, and I'll literally be wondering, what am I supposed to do with this money now? In your mind, but you don't have this. Eh, I don't. I told you there was a time I heard the word of God so much. Okay, that time, that shoe period, it was around that time, just before that time that Pastor Corey was one of them. They were laughing at my shoes. It was because of them I went to buy that one I was telling you about. God just said, bank, before your friends laugh at you again, go and buy a correct shoe. The point is I didn't think anything of it. I had the money, but I didn't think. Anytime I get money, we share the money out. The one that's our portion, we used to buy books. I would buy empty tips. I was always listening to messages. I was very happy. I was very happy. I was, honestly, I was very happy. That's the kind of person God helped me to be with his word. Yet, and I think I'm still like, like that still today. Yeah, there are times I just look, I just look at this life. Just look at a useless life. Why, did, why won't Jesus just come tomorrow, self? Yeah, because I think of all kinds of things. They say Russia is bombing Ukraine with uh, hypersonic bombs, and I'm angry. I'm just feeling sorry for people. Just be in your house. Hypersonic bomb will just land in your backyard. One guy in Lagos, in their house, one APC man in Lagos. I don't know the sin he committed or who interceded against him. One driver lost control, ran into his house, killed two of his children. He doesn't know him. Driver just going on the road. He just ran into a house, killed a 15 and 17 year old. Not, no, no, not tiny kids. Brought the house down. It's a small house. There was a kiosk. It was in the news two days ago. I said, what kind of thing is this? Or the one that was riding a BRT bus. Wait for trade. He said, he wanted to, other vehicles waited. You know, government driver. And so they'd be. He rushed. Maybe something just slowed him down. Train collected him. Killed seven people. Police now put him in detention. He said, he's sorry that the, the bomb, bus malfunctioned. Of course, the bus didn't malform nothing. Somebody said, why didn't they put physical reels there? I said, it's his brothers that stole the reels. They were there before. I can look at all of this life. I just say, what kind of rubbish life is this? When the Bible says, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, I, I shout it now, like, what kind of thing is this? What am I trying to say? So this life, as good as it may look, is a short, pardon me to you say, useless place. Let's use it to transform ourselves, our spirits, our souls, and preach the gospel to other people. And then let's go somewhere good and we won't go to hellfire. Now we are going somewhere good. They are begging you to come along. You are now feeling, say, you know, you can't, you know, you did demo. Ah. <laughs> I just thank God, say, man, no be God. Because if God makes me God for five minutes. I'll just come and say, hey, guys, guys, I'm not like the real God. I mean, <laughs> I'll bring my phone. Five minutes, give your life to Christ. Otherwise, going once, going twice, going three times. Mom, if you have not born, born again, hell, now. Huh? <laughs> because I don't understand. They are begging people to be saved. And they are, I don't get it. I don't really get Honestly, I don't get it. Why won't you give your life to Christ for goodness sake? What are you gaining where you are? If you die in your sin, you are, <laughs> you are actually going to eternal darkness. And it's not a joke. 
What am I trying to say with all of this? Please let me sit on my message on prayer. I'm emphasizing the fact that, listen, when we come to prayer, we don't come there to come and assert our will. No. When we come to prayer, we come to what? In the place of prayer, we come to receive the will of God and have the will of God established in our lives. When we're talking about worship that time, the reason why we worship, I explained that what we are doing is we are being transformed. And that's the purpose of this life, to be transformed into the image of Christ. That's what everything is about. Anything you are doing in this life, like I said last time, if you are praying and praying and praying, you are not being changed. Your prayer is a waste of time. I don't get the amount of results you get from it. I don't get the amount of testimonies you have to give us. If you are not personally being changed, then the prayer is a waste of time. The primary aim of the prayer is to change you, to change me, until you become exactly like the Lord. And we said, when you come, now remember I'm emphasizing the fact that we come to establish God's will. But from the worship aspect, as soon as we come, the first thing we do is to worship. We are priests of God. This is what we discussed last time. We are priests of God. We bring him worship. We can't come into his presence empty-handed. We must always bring what? A sacrifice. That's how we worship. Worship is to bring a sacrifice. We must always bring a sacrifice. We must always bring a sacrifice. The mistake many people who God showed a glimpse of that, and I've seen it before. You go, pastors, God will show them understanding. They use it to connect with, you know, apostle. Yes, they connect it with seed. Doesn't always work. Several times people have told me that connect that thing with seed, and I'm like, if I give you a knock on the head, I'm preaching truth. Because people have said that you can't come to God empty-handed. But what they now interpret is that when you come to church, bring an offering. No, that's not what God was saying. No. Anytime you want to approach him, there are three offerings that we believers give. All right? In prayer. There are things we do in prayer. And there are things we do outside prayer. In prayer, there are just three offerings I found out. Number one is what? Praise. Number one is praise. Number two, thanksgiving. They go together. And number three, yourself. So you consecrate yourself. Those three things you must bring to God every time you come to pray. In fact, I found out that the more you spend time on this, the less you have needs to worry about. The more you spend time on these things, the less you have needs to worry about. If you notice it, Jesus emphasized more on, now pardon me to use the expression, Emphasize more on God's needs and God's problems than human needs. Our Father who art in heaven. He was talking about the Lord. Hallowed be your name. He was worshipping the Lord. Next. Your kingdom come. He wants God's kingdom established. Next line. Your will be done on earth as it is recorded in heaven. Those are the primary things. In prayer that Jesus taught us. And we saw one of the disciples took it later on. You see, everything they wanted to do was establish God's will. Give us the boldness to speak. That was what Jesus told them. Don't worry about what you will say. I will give you a mouth and a wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or gainsay. So they asked, do that in our lives. Give us boldness. The, the Spirit of God came upon them and they spoke the word of God with boldness. He told them, this is what I want to do. These signs shall follow those who believe. So they asked him, let these signs follow us because we believe in the name of Jesus Christ. So when we preach in his name, please do the signs that you promised. Everything was about God. 
Everything was. See, prayer is about invoking God's presence. Not because, you know, we are too, sorry, let me say this way. We are too idolatrous in our prayer mindset. And we have to let go of it. The traditional gods do not exist to transform anybody. You came to them to help you do things. But when we come to prayer, the true God and the Son, Jesus Christ, in whose image we are being made, the aim of prayer is to establish his own will. The reason why we can say, give us our daily bread is because he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, these people, they were not able to pray against persecution because the Lord has said, in this world, you will have it. So they said, just give us boldness. They didn't say, Lord, give me an office where nobody persecutes Christians. They said, Lord, give us boldness. Because, see, eh, to do evil, to do iniquity, eh? to do iniquity, <laughs> in this world, it's not because you are wicked, alone. To do iniquity, you can do it being a nice guy. One of the questions I had to answer yesterday on our radio broadcast, and as um, um, asked Pastor Banke, was somebody who said that she was, he or she was an INEC official. And they said, right, uh, give us the shit. He said, nah, like, nah, they show and gone. Yeah, they produce a gun. I said, give us, uh, give us the report sheet. What are you talking about here? <laughs> the baby was now feeling bad. So when he now went home, he said, what should I have done? If I use the sheet, take block the bullet. <laughs> I'm not serious. <laughs> I said, of course, you give them the sheet now. Ah, what is it? So some people have the kind of righteousness. say, I won't give you in Jesus' name. Hey, hey. I will give you in Jesus' name. And I will go home and <laughs> pray against you. I said, no, give them walk away from there. Go and make a report to your bosses. Son and affidavit. Tell them what happened. And walk away. Don't come back. Say, I'm not walking here again. When you are persecuted in one city, flee to the next police station. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what I'm going to say is this. Eh? Hmm. So to do evil in this life, eh? sometimes not because you want to. When they put pressure on you, it's the only way of escape, it seems. One of our brothers was an, it was a returning officer like that. <laughs> I, when he told me his story, I, all I could do, I couldn't get angry. All I could do was laugh. He was in Bayelsa. Good Lord Jonathan was the one. Now listen, Good Lord Jonathan was from where? Oh! When I hear Nigerians talking for I say, you don't understand Nigerians. You think your problem is APC, PDP, Labour Party, the big people are on top. It's not them. You want to know your problem, just go to the main road and look around. Everybody you see is your problem. <laughs> This was, <laughs> I'm still laughing. This was Bayelsa State. Good Lord Jonathan was running for office. That first election, in the first three years, almost, he just took over from Yaradua. This was the first one he was going to run for office. Our brother was the returning officer in that area. Or whatever, no, not returning officer. Anyway, he was in charge of some areas. So in the morning, he went to collect electoral materials. Because it's Bayelsa now, they have to enter both. Now, is he the one that will carry the equipment? No, he's his co-workers because he's a big man. So he had paper and all of that. He was walking towards them. He got to the water side. He saw two boats. They said, okay, this was your boat. As he entered, they loaded the things in the other boat. <laughs> and they said, we are going together, we are going together. Except that his boat had one engine. The other one carrying the material had two engines. As they hit the waters, the other one disappeared. He saw his... 
his electrical materials was going away on the wall. The other guy moved now. He said, Oh, God, they have two engines. Now, one engine we get. They put the two engines full throttle. This guy is from Inugu here. You want to go and die by us? <laughs> he was looking. He didn't know what to do. So he and whoever is with him in his own boat, they were now stranded. So, I mean, he couldn't go anywhere. He didn't have electrical materials. <laughs> so he went and waited for them somewhere. In the evening, they came back. <laughs> All the ballot papers thumbprinted. printed. They had counted it. They gave him the result to sign. You want to hear the truth? He was in the house of him. If I tell you the name of the militant, you run out of here. On the water, sir. Don't sign now. <laughs> when he told me the story, I would look at him and say, my father in heaven. Now, if you hear the other side of the story, you will have a good laugh. So they were begging him, sir, please don't be angry. Don't be angry, sir. Don't be angry. Why would you people do like that? Hmm. Now, for your information, where they were supposed to vote, they didn't carry that in here. Those guys waited money till night. Electro Machia did not come. Those guys carried the matter away and went and. You know why? They said that the week before, they did the music one election. Those guys waited and said, except they are paid, they will not vote. The voters said, no payment, no voting. So those ones said, vote now. It's our person that's going for office. They said, no. You must pay first. So this guy had to go and look for money and give them. So they now voted. So in their mind, this is the last vote you'll see in your life. They were planning for them. Say, so there's another election next week. If you see ballot paper, they no be us. <laughs> so they are all, they all arranged. So these people, we are going to disenfranchise all of them. We're not giving them shishi. This is our brother. It was now. Where was telling me that, okay, what was I supposed to do? I was just feeling sorry for him. As a Christian man, what was I supposed to do? I should be fighting militant on water? <laughs> he said, oh God, I signed their paper for them. So I just prayed for him, the Lord forgive you of all your sins. <laughs> just go and pay penance. Just okay. <laughs> And joke, joking about the penance side. But I just felt sorry for him. Now, this is why God said we should pray like this. Give, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from doing evil. He understands that many people that fall into it didn't plan it. That's why I told you these stories. Many people that fall into it, they didn't plan you. You just be in the center, you look like this. Ah, you know, Jesus, where you did? I need, I need help. So when we are praying, we don't go to prayer as Christians trying to establish our will. What we just want is God, please. Eh? We want to just be like you. We want to establish your praise. We want to establish everything about you all around us. Prayer is all about him. It's all about the Lord. It's never about us. It's all about the Lord. So when we start with our worship, we are magnifying him. I need to emphasize that again today. We began it last time. We bring to him worship. Three things we do which constitute worship. One, praise. What is praise? We magnify him. Hallowed be your name. What does it mean to hallow? It means to set apart. 
to beautify, to glorify, to acknowledge his name for who he is. For example, if you say, my father, my provider, that's hallowed be your name. Jesus does not expect every time you come, you say, our father was in heaven, hallowed be your name. No, he expects to hallow the name in practical terms at different times, in different ways. My Lord, my Redeemer, that's hallowed be your name. Anytime you are describing what he really is in your life, you are hallowing his name. And I need to add something to it for us. That this, you see, you cannot leave a, a duplicate, you know, what's that English word? Duplicate. Eh? Is it duplicate? Anyway, let's use the simple one. Why do we make life hard? The double life. Uh-huh. Trying to duplicate and duplicate. <laughs> you can't live a double life as a Christian. What do I mean? You pray one way and converse another way. Did you hear what I said? You can't pray one way and converse another way. What do I mean by converse? What's the problem in this country? It's the head of state. Then you go and pray. Hallowed be your name. You are the provider. You have ruined it. You can't say, when you are not in prayer, that the power belongs to APC because they are in power. The power belongs to President Muhammad Buhari because he's the head of state. Then you go to the place of prayer, you get to your knees and say, hallowed be your name, the one who has the power over this nation. God say, hey, make up your mind. I heard you this morning. I was there when you and your friends were talking. Who are you lying to now? Now, th- think about it. Let us assume. Let us assume. Now, Apostle, think about this one. A young man is not married. Let me see one young woman. He, he, he says he wants to marry. Anytime I say, oh, you look like the sugar in my tea. Like you look like the butterfly, butterfly in my garden. Your hair is like the flock of goats. <laughs> Solomon said it. Solomon said it. Yes, don't laugh. Some of you don't understand flock of goats. That's why you're laughing. <laughs> you know, you say all of those things. You finish describing her, and then tomorrow your friend down say, "Ah, how's Angela?" So I believe that girl. If she hears that, next time you come and say, "Oh, how beautiful you are, my darling," she will pour hot oil. <laughs> Over your face. Now, who are you trying to deceive? Yes. Yes. Do you get my point? Yes, you can't, before your friend, make, you know, ridicule her. Say, go down. I believe that one. We'll get time for that one. Ah, you can't say that. If she overhears it, there's no story you want to tell after that she'll believe you. There's no story. There's no story. You know, the men who are really in love with those, these, these women, eh? ask her apostle. That time, we never mind. And so, we just go for a road. You say, well, you call it, say, hey, talk point. And so, you go just answer you. You say, which one is talk point in this matter now? Did <laughs> you get my point? <laughs> you know, you, I, I mean, we're there at a time. You understand? Everywhere you, you turn to the left, you just see, you see the girl in the, the clouds. You're like, <laughs> she coming from, you just be see everywhere. So, you know, I tell her truly. But, uh, in fact, I know my wife knows. She used to hear stories outside of what I said about her. Wow. Even till now. One day she went somewhere. Somebody just said, another person said something. So one, one young woman ran down to where she was here and wanted to come and see. See. Uh, okay, just want to come and see his wife. He won't let us hear what. You know that kind of attitude. You are getting my point? If you really claim you are in love, it, 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 if it doesn't show, stop deceiving yourself, you are not. Uh, so if you have not married, go and ask God, what is wrong with me? And if you have married, say, hey, this love, wherever you went to, come back. 
Or you will now say, I'm not feeling the love again. Irreconcilable differences. It's irreconcilable madness. <laughs> you go back and tell the love, where are you? Come back here. Come back in Jesus' name. Enter my head. That's how it is done. But the point I'm making is this. You, you, you understand my principle here? You cannot do the Lord like that too. You get in the place of prayer. Oh, my father, I worship you. You know, we can worship in church. Ah, Christians can worship in church and God does not collect most of that worship. He heard you. He, you no. Know, I have come to give you worship. I have come to give you toilet. God said, who? Me? I was in the bar yesterday. You don't know. I was one sitting on the other seat. When you were there, talking nonsense. This country is finished. <laughs> what finished this country? Buhari has said we will not go anywhere. Okay? She they have declared, I should you the winner now. Suffering for another eight years. When you finish, you now come to church. Come here, I'll come to give you toilet. Because if I toilet your face. <laughs> Who are you worshipping? I was there in the bar yesterday. You were insulting me. Telling me I have no power in this country. You know what used to make me laugh? You know, this last election, somebody said something made me laugh. They said they saw it in the vision. That they rigged the person they saw out. I said, oh, so God did not plan for rigging when he was showing you vision. <laughs> so God said, the God who showed you vision could not make allowance for rigging. He couldn't tell you, he said, my will will be rigged out. You will get my rigged will. <laughs> According to one guy, you are ringing. <laughs> That's what he called rigging. He was yapping somebody. I won't tell you he was yapping. He said, no, but he started ringing. <laughs> People will talk sometimes. Eh? God say, don't worship me, please. I don't, this insult is too much. What am I trying to say? You can't come to the place of prayer. Talk about, talk about God in one way. Then you go elsewhere, talk about him another way. How do we speak about, take our nation as an, as an example? We always give him the glory. There is a ruler in the realm of mankind. He gives the kingdoms over to whosoever he wishes. We say it at work, we say it at play, we say it at church, we say it everywhere. And when we kneel down to worship, when we say it, he accepts the sacrifice. He accepts the sacrifice. He accepts the sacrifice from our hands. That is what he does. So if we truly are praying, we cannot live a double life. In which we are one way when we are talking on the streets. And then want to pray. You know, I mean, you can't confuse your children. When you're having a conversation, I don't know what this country is coming to, but let us pray. And they're like, ah, pray about what now? Because you see, prayer is an overflow of faith. This faith that drives you to prayer is when things are not going according to what you know God wants to do and he has the power. You say, let us release his power into the situation. Prayer is not a result of frustration and helplessness. Do you get my point? It, it, it maybe it's like I'm, I'm at war. I'm being invaded. I'm in my house. Armed men are there. They are trying to jump over my fence. And I have a submachine. No, no. I have a machine gun. I have three. One for me. One for some for, for my senior boys. And I now go and mount at the strategic places of the house. So when I see people jumping over the fence with their small, small uh, pump action, do I go and collect my gun because I'm helpless? No, my gun is what? The help. I don't know whether you're getting the point. I am mounted and I say, boys, let them have the lead. Not the way you see it in the movie. All of them run away. 
Then you blow the barrel, go out archive and say, come back next time. What am I saying? When we go to pray, it's not like, it's not helplessness. It's that is our help. We collect, we go to collect. Do you follow what I'm saying? We go to collect our weapon. So I can't stay there and say, if the boys will shout a pump action, jump my face, I don't know what I will do. I don't say that. What do I say? Let them come. I'll be waiting. See, they are coming, there are like 10 of them with pump action, say, let them come. I will be waiting. That talk is in my mouth all the time. So prayer is not, see, it's not like I'm helpless, I run to prayer. I run to prayer because I, that's where we start the help. Yeah, that's where the help is. So we don't talk like helpless people. There's a problem in the house. We tell your children, I don't know what I'm going to do. Who will help us now? Eh? I know your father is not around. Eh? Okay, and I don't you know, you know there's no money. Eh? And you, say, you know this kind of, eh? Eh? Nah, eh? You know, like. <laughs> you know, the, the helplessness in your voice is in everything you say. The children are discouraged. The spirits are discouraged. Angels are weak. When you talk like that, the angels will go to the next house. Yeah. At the end of that, they say, let us pray. Even then, they don't, they don't have faith there. They just need that in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, God, help us if you can. Do you get what I'm saying? You have used your conversation to discourage them and weaken their faith. But if you had to talk to them, say, they say, ah, there's a problem. Say, we'll pray about it. That's not a problem. Ah, but mommy, it's a problem. Where God is, how can it be a problem? See the attitude. So don't want you guys finish eating your supper, we'll go and pray. This kind of, this kind of, they won't try us attitude. What nonsense. I believe that thing. We will go and pray. Are you seeing the way we are saying it? We will go and pray. It's not like, hey, they are going to give them, let's just go and pray. No, it's, we will go and pray, they will see. We are going to pray. Ah, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we are going to pray. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to pray to him. Jehovah, the man of war, we are going to talk to him. They will see his hand. See that attitude? Why? We know we have our, those are submachine guns. We know it's loaded. We know the belt is full. You know, you know those long belts you see? They don't load down. I wait. Say they are coming. Say, let them come. That is the attitude I'm talking about. That's how we, that, so the prayer is an overflow of faith. It's like God, it has started. Now release. See, that's what worship, that's what we call worship, praise. In praise, you magnified who the Lord. You don't every day magnify other things. And then it's in time that time when there's a problem, you now want to magnify God. No. You magnify him on a daily basis. So when the nothing is threatening you and you now get home, like Peter and Co., you just continue to think you have been saying. You say, oh Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. You said this thing through the Holy Spirit. In using the mouth of David, our servant, that they are going to threaten like this, we know. But he that sits in heaven shall laugh, we know. So now, Lord, laugh at them. How will you laugh? Give us the boldness. When they threaten us not to speak, we will speak some more. And when they say, why are you speaking? He will do the miracle. Then we will laugh some more. He that sits in the heaven shall laugh, and the echo of his laughter shall be heard from our mouths. I just added one to it. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point here. That is what prayer is. So, I'm talking about how we offer the Lord praise. I said it the other time, I need to re- repeat it. I looked around. I saw the hearts of people failing them. 
There are those who make statements like, if this person does not win this election, I'm leaving this country. I say, eh? And you're looking, I say, this person is not going to win. I hope you know that. And you will leave. I hope you are packed. I hope you have your visa ready. They never leave anyway. Can they leave? Whoever wins, they will leave if they could leave. You know that. Now so then be. Faithlessness. You hear statements like that. Some will say suffering for another eight years. And I kept on wondering, how come Christians talk like this? Now listen, let me just say this. When unbelievers talk, it doesn't bother me. That's what they are, unbelievers. Do you get my point? One day my wife found one man was living near us. We discovered at night one guy used to sneak into his house. And his wife was not in town. He wasn't living, he was living anyway. Family was in another city. So my wife was not angry. I said, Why are you angry? It's not an unbeliever. Why are you angry over? He said, I'm going to talk. I, 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 please, if you want to preach, preach. As per him and his uh, side of cook, doesn't concern you. <laughs> so I don't know this one. You are saying no. <laughs> now, the one who didn't know me really, then one day he was watching TV. He now saw me preaching. He said, ah, I saw you on television. The next day he saw me. He said, my pastor in my mind. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. Okay, okay. You were doing what you were doing. I didn't say anything. Once you start calling me your pastor, this handshake is crossing the elbow. Then I will have to talk on that matter. So make up your mind. Am I your pastor? I'm just your neighbor. If you say my neighbor, I, mean, I think we have voice from four different parts of the country. It's not a problem. <laughs> but if you call me my pastor, where am I going? When unbelievers do something, it's natural. What upsets some of us is when Christians join them. When Christians speak as if they have no hope. When they speak as if God is not in charge. When they speak as if God is confused. When they speak as if, ah, we lost the battle. I say, why? No, no, no. They didn't upset me so much. They said that the uh, United States said there will be no Nigeria by 20. Which year? That's this 2020. Eh? Was it 2015? They told us that time that there will be no Nigeria 2015. And we're looking at them like, are you mad? I hope you know 2015 was eight years ago. We have had two elections since that time. They kept on prophesying. Now, this is where I'm going. Christians will be believing them. A lot of people are so terrified. Now, before, when you see a man leave everything he has, he's prospering locally, that's in the nation. He's earning fantastically. He owns a beautiful house, sometimes two of them. Let's not talk about the land he has not yet developed. His children are going to fantastic schools. He drives a very nice car. He has another one, bigger one for the family. And then when they sell everything, say, I'm leaving Nigeria. Why? It's terror. What he can see is doom and gloom up front. And terror grips his heart. He wants to go and relocate himself where he feels he'll be safe. Before I used to wonder why. So, when Christians are doing, a few days ago, I just went to pray. Like, God, I don't get it. And the Holy Spirit gave me an answer direct. It was clear it was the Holy Spirit. He said, there are problems. Because I knew that there had to be a problem that's common to everybody. Because you see them from different parts of life doing the same thing. And God said, no, there's one thing that's common to all of them, especially amongst the believers. Unbelievers too, they participate in this. But let's talk about the Christians. He said the problem is that they are not full of thanksgiving. 
The Holy Spirit said that one to me clearly. I don't doubt it. That the problem is that they are not thankful. They don't settle down to give thanks for what I have done for them. They don't settle down to give thanks for what I have promised them. Now, these are not common sense. They are not psychological things. They are not things you can work out naturally. What happens is that when you are full of thanksgiving, the Holy Spirit comes and overshadow you. I hope you're getting my point. Now, what scares people, he takes away the fear. It's called the peace of God that passes all understanding. You see, Paul said it, let you, he said, don't be, don't have any anxiety about anything. But with prayer, supplication, with what? With what? Let your request be made known unto God. Then what will happen? The peace of God is tied to that thanksgiving. So when people are full of thanksgiving, the peace of God overshadows them. So what scares other people does not scare them. Now, let's get back to the prayer matter. If you go to prayer, you don't come with that offering we're talking about. The offering of praise and thanksgiving. I'm emphasizing thanksgiving now. If you do not come with thanksgiving as an offering, you will leave that place full of confusion. You will not even be able to pray. That's what I'm making. Listen, every time you go to prayer, don't forget, those two things are crucial. When they say, enter his courts, uh, um, give me the scripture. Enter his gifts with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That thing is important. You can't, you see, your prayer will be faithless. Your prayer will be faithless if you don't enter with thanksgiving and praise. Now, please, get me. I'm not saying this mechanical, what's the first thing we do? Let's worship God. Lord, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Like one brother said, when will you start worshiping? I'm just saying you worship. It's like me, I'm hungry. You come and say, I give you food, I give you food. I say, bros, I I heard that you said it. Where's the food? I give you food, I give you food. (laughs) Please, start giving the food. Stop talking about it. Many of us go to pray, pray and we are, we are promising something we are not doing. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. God says, what does it mean? I'm telling you, there are only three things that worship means. I found out. Number one? Praise. Number two? Praise. Number three? Consecration. Yourself. Thank you. Those are the three things. Except you are given those things. You can't keep on saying we, are worship. we worship it doesn't have any meaning. We worship you has to be, you are the Lord of Lords. You are the one that rules over the affairs of mankind. You are the Lord of my home. You are my provider. You are my defender. You are the one that owns me. You are the God whose I am and whom I serve. That's it. That is what worship is. It's not Lord, we just worship you. We just worship you. That's trial at worship. In real worship, those offerings must be more... No, go and read your Old Testament. They always came with sacrifices. The priests don't come to God empty-handed. They always came with sacrifices. They offered the bull. They offered the goats. They offered the ram. They offered the turtle dove. They offered something. For us, what do we offer? Praise, thanksgiving, and ourselves. And ourselves. When you tell God you are worshipping him, you are saying, your will for my life is what I will do. You are saying to him, I forsake every other ambition. I don't want to go to, I don't want to pass through a door that you did not open. If I see a beautiful, beautiful, prosperous door, and I'm about to step through it, 
and I look and you are on the other door that does not look as beautiful, I will walk away from this one and come to the one that you opened. You are my Lord. That's, that's real worship. Lord, I have nothing in myself. All I want is what you have provided for me. It's not my own plan I'm trying to walk by. I come this morning to throw away my plans and to take your own. This plan I have come with looks beautiful, but it may not be your plan. So, Lord, as I lay it before you, please cancel everything that is not yours. And let's rewrite it according to Revelation. Lord, I worship you. That's worship. That's worship. As part of worship is that thanksgiving thing. Two things you thank God for. What you know he has done. And listen, anything he has promised. You give thanks, you give thanks for it also. You see, in this nation of today, believe me, I want to just say it like this. If we as a church will worship truly, we will prosper abundantly. Did you hear what I said? What did I say? If as, as a church, we worship truly, true worship, these things I have said, we will prosper abundantly. Do you know? You know, Apostle was telling me about a particular pastor who said some things about this election and everything. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you see, the Spirit of God is real. The Spirit of God is one. If you key in, you know, one way I knew that many of these are pastors didn't hear God, they were saying too many things. The spirit looked confused. It's called defilement of flesh and spirit. What am I saying? When he reported to me what this man of God, an elderly person, how old do you say the man is? Huh? And a small boy, I think he said the big guy, like 95. I say, okay, it's a young man. Okay, I didn't even know. I thought it was like in the 70s. Anyway. He said, this man said some things. Ah, I said, was not exactly what I said. He said exactly. That that's what he's going to tell me. That the man said that the problem with the church is that they are not thankful. They are not full of thanksgiving. They are full of complaining. Do you know if he settled down? I can't start because we record this. If those are the ones we didn't use to stream live, I will have given you a lot of gist. You will have seen that some of the most hated heads of states in Nigeria were the most used by God. If you see some strategic things, that God used some of these people to do. If you see some strategic things that God used some of these guys to do. God knows, when he's speaking people, he, knows, he don't know what God is doing for you. That is why we cannot but go to prayer with thanksgiving. Even when you don't know what's going on, just give him thanks because he's faithful. Because all things are working together for your good. You can't tell him what he must do because you don't know what is going on. You don't have enough information. So when we approach in prayer, we come with thanksgiving. That is why we are able to to give thanks for even what appears like a bad thing. You just look and say, God, doesn't feel good he doesn't. No, you just imagine that you didn't read the Bible. You didn't hear the prophetic, prophetic words of Jesus Christ. You were just observing from afar. You saw, just saw Jesus. Oh, nice. since he was young, you saw him. You liked him. Good carpenter. Obedient son. Full of wisdom. Who saw problems. His mother had no issue. No problem with him. Then one day he went for John's baptism. The Holy Spirit came upon you. You saw the difference. 
They went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And you were very happy. Oh! And you were worshipping God and thanking God. Then one day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the chief priests, everybody contributed 30 pieces of silver and they gave to a trusted follower who betrayed the master. And you are watching. And when Peter drew the sword, he said, thank God somebody is speaking up. And the master looked at Peter, stop that. Sir, what are you saying? And they took him and they took him for trial. Unjustly, took him to the Romans. They beat him, put a crown of thorns on his head. Then exchanged him for a common criminal. Barabbas. And then it nailed him to the cross. And you don't know anything. If your heart doesn't break openly, you are strong. Your heart will break. You say, this is a useless world. Then when everything goes dark, you say, yes, judgment must come. You know, at that time, everywhere went dark. Yeah, the world, the world had to go dark. This world is too wicked. Yeah, after I the sun clear. Ah. What thing happen? Ah, you are like, what is going on? It's a useless world. First day, useless world. Second day, very, very useless. If I, you just go and buy a rope. Judas, please don't die alone. Let's go together because, he, I mean, what are we living for? Even if we are not the ones that betrayed him, that people can still be alive after this kind of evil. As you just read the place where you won't hang yourself. Now you see Mary Magdalene and Peter and John running. Where are you running to? He says, reason. Then you throw your rope and follow them. <laughs> and true, true. He, he rose from the dead. He now comes and you join them. He breathes upon you. You say, receive a new life. The Holy Spirit. He says, eh? He now says, all powers in heaven and earth have now been given to me. He now hands to you. He says, yeah, you go therefore and be my witnesses. And then, after some time, Holy Spirit comes upon you, the Holy Spirit for function. And you now start, you touch the sick, they get healed. You start talking like Jesus Christ, you'll be like, crucify him again. <laughs> yeah, because it is what he produces. And you look for that down, thousands of years later, slaves are no longer slaves. The life of God is, is now available to everybody from every continent of this earth. You'll be like, Jesus, thanks for that. Sorry, you are just, I was worried. I was worried for you. But I should have known you knew what you were doing. You are very wise. You are very wise. You know, actually, I should have. What am I going to say? In the same manner, no matter how bad things look, give the Lord thanks. People say, that, what if it's of the devil? Forget that. Thing. Number one, it's not of the devil. Secondly, God can convert it with thanksgiving. Yeah, he does that thing. When you take what the devil planned for evil, you look at it and worship God. You worship God with that thing. God will take hold of it and use it to bring forth life. You use it to bring forth good in your life. You will look and say, what? Look, that's when they, you see, you have to understand, when they say it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What it means is that, listen, yesterday and tomorrow, eh? they are the same, they are the same to him. He can easily go back into yesterday, readjust something, so as to affect what is going to happen tomorrow. Let's rest to our feet. Let's worship the Lord. Oh, we must worship, we must worship. Prayer is the place where we come to throw ourselves down. Oh, no, let's take it for minutes. No, I want us to worship. I want us to worship. Start with that thanksgiving. That thanksgiving, that thanksgiving for anything that looks negative. 
Start with it. Say, Lord, I thank you. Now begin to, you know, just remember a few things. Then they've been burdening you. You lost money, you lost a relationship, you lost this, you lost that. Say, Lord, I thank you. This sickness is not unto death. But the glory of God is going to be revealed. Give thanks, give thanks. Because that sickness is not unto death. The glory of God is going to be revealed. Give the Lord thanks. Give thanks. Mention some things that you don't like. But give thanks for them. Things will have wanted him to change. First, take it to God in worship. Take it to him in worship. Promotion denied. Money lost. Relationship lost. You know, goods missing. Businesses collapsed. Even somebody died. Take everything to God in worship. Worship him with everything. Worship him with everything. Worship him with everything. Worship him with everything. It's worship. When we come to prayer, we come to worship. We have come to worship. We have come to glorify his name. We come to worship. We come to glorify his name. We come to worship. We come to glorify his name. That's what we come to do in worship. Oh, let's worship him with everything. Today I feel like we should worship him with our disappointments and our pains. How do we worship? We give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Give thanks for everything unto God. Joseph, give thanks that you are in the pit. Joseph, give thanks that you are in prison. Joseph, give thanks that your brothers don't love you. Give thanks that they are jealous of you. Worship the Lord with your pain. Yes, that's what we are talking about. Worship him with it. Worship him with the troubles, with the lack, with the confusion. Just worship him. What do I mean? You know that he is God over everything. So you give him thanks in the midst of it. That's how you worship him with it. You know he's God over everything. So you give him thanks in the midst of it. You know that he is God above everything. Above it all. So you give him thanks in the midst of it. Because it is written. He makes all things work together for good for them that love him. Who are called according to his purpose. That's another day. Worship him with that calling according to his purpose. Throw yourself down again before him. Say, Lord, I'm yours. I am yours. Forever I'm yours. Yours I am and yours I actually want to be. Do with with me whatever you want. God, whose I am and whom I serve. That's who you are. That's the worship. That's the worship. That's the worship. That is the worship. That is the worship. Today we are worshiping. It's the job of priests to bring him a sacrifice. We bring him praise. We bring him praise. Our God, our King. To him who loved us. And who redeemed us from our sins. To him be glory and majesty forever and ever. We worship. He said, we have grace and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. Him who made us to be a kingdom, priest unto his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. He said, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him, so it is to be. Amen. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, 
who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Call him the Almighty. You have to call him the Almighty. Oh, he's the Almighty. He's the Almighty. Mighty in all things. Mighty above all things. Mighty with all power. He's the Almighty. Able to do all things. With whom nothing is impossible. He's the Almighty. That is our Father. He's the one we can come to. He's the one we worship. We have come to worship and to glorify His name. The Almighty. He's the all, call him the Almighty. Above every problem is the Almighty. Above every situation is the Almighty. Over this nation is the Almighty. Over your life, over my life is the Almighty. Able to do all things. He's a God of all flesh. There is nothing too difficult for him. There is nothing too difficult for him to do. There is nothing too difficult for him to do. There is nothing too difficult for him to do. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. He's still creating. He's the creator God. He's the creator God. He's the one that planned your life and planned my life. He's the one that's making us walk according to his plan. He's the one we are yielding to. He's the one that has chosen our inheritance for us. He's our God. He's our Father. He's our judge. Oh, we worship. We we worship him. We worship him. We worship him. We give him thanks. We thank him for redeeming, redeeming us from our sins. For freeing us from bondage. For he's our redeemer. He loved us and redeemed us from our sins. Freed us from condemnation. Made us new creatures in Christ Jesus. Oh Lord, we worship you. Oh Lord, we worship you. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords.